How is everybody doing this morning? Hopefully everybody is up and had a little Java juice and is ready to get into their day. Uh, looks like it's going to be a nice day from what I can tell today. Uh, though I haven't really popped my head out the door yet. Been up for a while. Uh, but it looks like it should be just an absolutely fantastic day throughout the day today. And uh, so I'm excited to spend this first half hour of the day with you here. Considering the text of Scripture, uh, we're still, uh, today, tomorrow, I'm still on the theme of uh, the resurrection. Uh, I was thinking about it this morning that really, I, I want you to be armed, to feel armed, uh, to feel prepared with answers for people that may give you objections. 
Uh, I want you to be biblically prepared. And so, I mean, where would you turn, uh, generally speaking, uh, in the Bible to point people to the resurrection? Generally speaking, let's see what type of answers you can come up with uh, as you uh, think on that. Because I want you to be prepared. Someone might say to you, well, I don't know about the resurrection. Well, where would you take them in the Bible? That That is one thing. Uh, but but additionally to that is um, specifically. I mean, you might have specific places you would take people. And then uh, between today and tomorrow, we're going to consider some extra biblical references. Because there are people who say, well, yeah, of course the Bible is going to say that about the resurrection of Jesus. Of course it's going to say that. But how can we believe it? How can we trust it? And so for those of us, uh, and I am one of those, I mean, I believe in the little uh, literal inerrancy of Scripture uh, from uh, it, within the original languages, the Hebrew, the Greek, the Aramaic. Uh, but there are people who call into question the Scripture. And so, I mean, you might hold to the same view that I do, but if... Uh, but if they don't accept that, then you're kind of dead in the water. So are there other places that you could point people for the validity of the resurrection, historical evidence for the resurrection? So tomorrow we'll talk a little bit about that uh, between today and tomorrow. Uh, Priscilla has already put an answer up there. You see it uh, here on the screen, Matthew 28. Exactly. You go to the end of Matthew and you read about the resurrection of Jesus. So where else may you go to read about the resurrection of Jesus? Giving others the chance to to say, uh, to give their, their thoughts on uh, the resurrection of Jesus. What else might you say? Other passage. Um, give you the chance to type some things in there. Before I put it on the screen, and before we look at it to uh, to consider uh, to consider what what those passages uh, might be, uh, little hint here: Priscilla has gone to Matthew twenty eight, so you may find yourself going to okay. Laura's jumping over to First Corinthians fifteen. Excellent. That is another great place to go if you're going to, someone wants to say, well, show me in the Bible. Well, okay, I want you to be armed. I need you to be armed uh, um, with with uh, ammunition, if you will, spiritual ammunition to be able to answer somebody. Uh, or if you're discipling somebody, which I hope that uh, most of us uh, can be into that type of relationship. And it's it's a shift, friends to shift yourself into being more intentional about sharing uh, in a discipling relationship with other people. It's a shift, but I pray that you will make that shift and, and think about hmm, how can you sow into somebody else's life. Here's a great thing. You have stuff every day, at least Monday through Friday, most weeks, that you can share with somebody else. All you got to do is sit here for 30 minutes, take notes, and you've got stuff that you can share with somebody else. All you got to do is open up your Bible and uh, ask the Holy Spirit to be your teacher, to be your guide, to to open your eyes. You might understand the scriptures and 
He will help you to do so, to burn it onto your heart and mind, and then to help you communicate it. And he has promised that he will do that very thing. So we have Matthew 28, we have 1 Corinthians 15. How about this Luke chapter 24? Let me take us into Luke chapter 24. My eyes are really bothering me this morning. Uh, Not sure why. But uh, Luke 24 talks about the resurrection, and and I want to look at some of these words, pre-ascension words, some of these final last words, final last sayings of Jesus. We talked about some of this yesterday uh, up in uh, verse 40, and some of this was out of uh, uh, John chapters 20 and 21 that we looked at yesterday. Uh, verse 40 here, Luke chapter 24. He showed them his hands and feet. Uh, in fact, verse 39, look at my hands and feet. It is I myself, touch me. See, a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about uh, me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. He opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. And, And friends, that's my prayer for you. My prayer for you is is just this very thing, realizing I don't have the scripture on the screen for you. Verse 45, he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. That's my prayer. My prayer that you would have open minds, open hearts, not just open to receive anything, but open to understand the scriptures. Verse 46, he told them, this is what is written, that Christ will suffer and rise Uh, from the dead on the third day. So that's what he told them. He reminds them of what he had said. He reminds them of what was found uh, in uh, in the prophets themselves about the Christ. Um, So he reminds them of this. And then in verse 47, the message, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Uh, so, um, the message, there are some people who would say that the message is only supposed to be, uh, faith. Uh, I've heard that. In fact, I, one of my very first conferences I attended for the, the organization I'm now serving with concentric, uh, back in 1987, uh, Sun Life was is kind of the parent that gave birth to a whole bunch of movements all across the globe, and it was a Sun Life strategy seminar, 1987. And I remember uh, the, the uh, seminar leader, the teacher, the instructor, the trainer, uh, making this very statement about repentance and forgiveness. And some older fellow, it's by faith alone, he stands up and says, and he walked out of that seminar. There were, I don't know, maybe 50 people from a variety of churches that were at that seminar and said, I reject this this heresy. But wait a minute, time out there, chap. See, you have taken a theological position 
Um, and you have made it superior to Scripture because right here, Jesus says, John, not John, Luke chapter 24, verse 47, repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. That's the message. He gave that message earlier on in the Gospels as he was beginning to send them out to, to communicate the message. It was the message he told them. Here, pre-ascension, he's saying this is the same message, repentance and forgiveness of sins. Um, and that comes by faith. We, we, we repent by faith. We receive forgiveness of sins by faith. Faith, faith is the actuator of repentance uh, and, and it is the trigger for forgiveness. Um, it is faith. So, I mean, the man wasn't wrong, but he was a little bit idiotic uh, in in being so, and I see some people that are that way. They, they've heard, they've got into their mind a, a theological position uh, that, that sometimes won't even deal with Scripture, like this passage right here that says this very thing. The message, repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And um, we have to help people understand that repentance is part of it. Humility is part of it. Forgiveness of sins is is, uh, one of the benefits of turning to Christ. To repent means to turn away from and to turn to to turn away from sin and to turn to God, to turn away from unrighteousness and to turn to righteousness. This is the message, friends. And we've gotten into a day now where so much of our teaching and so much of our preaching does not bring out, we don't, we don't want to offend people. We don't want to make someone uncomfortable. Well, then they end up living uh, apart from the power of Christ in their life because we haven't preached the power of the true gospel which involves repentance and forgiveness. We, we, we will give several self-help, and we might even have some biblical substantiation. I mean, there are a lot of decent, now you say, how do you say decent? Their churches are like 50,000 times the size of your church. Yeah, I get that. But just because there's a big church of 50,000 people doesn't necessarily mean that they're onto the truth, especially if if... They're not teaching repentance and forgiveness because Jesus said this is the message. This is the actuator uh, of the faith, uh, repentance, and uh, then the benefit being forgiveness. It is the message. It needs to be a part of what is preached. And so I'm just going to tell you, if you're listening to preachers that never want to talk about repentance, they never want to talk about forgiveness, they just want you to feel about your best self, God is not interested in you being your best self apart from Christ. He is interested in you being all that you're supposed to be in Christ and that I would be all that I'm supposed to be in Christ. Uh, So be careful. There is false teaching out there that that points totally itself and away from Christ. And Claire Claire regularly brings up, she she runs up the flagpole beware of false teaching and... uh, so I, I just want to remind us the message, the message. Yeah, and uh, as Claire says here in, in her comments, I'll put this up so you can see it, uh, we will not appreciate grace until we realize the wretchedness of our sin. Absolutely true. 
you know, and some people, well, let's not make people feel bad. Well, listen, sometimes the only way to feel good is to first feel bad. The, sometimes the only way to experience healing is to first undergo the scalpel. Uh, sometimes the only way to experience healing is, is to first go through the surgery, and maybe it's the spiritual surgery done by the scriptures and by the spirit of God. Absolutely. Let's not lose sight of what the message is. Repentance and forgiveness of sins being preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And he says, you are witnesses of these things. And now we're not witnesses of these things in the way that these disciples were witnesses of these things. They they were witnesses of these things. They They literally saw him. They could have touched him. They had a fish breakfast with him on a few different occasions. But you're witnesses of these things. He says, I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. We gain power from on high. And what, what is the promise? Do you know what the promise is? What had the father promised? And, and this stuff that we read about from the Upper Room Discourse, uh, uh, John chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17, there was a phenomenal promise given by Jesus that would come by uh, by the Father, through the Father, after the resurrection and ascension of Jesus. And what's that promise? That promise is the Holy Spirit, friends. And they were to stay in the city until they'd been clothed with power from on high. We call this HS power, Holy Spirit power. Friends, you and I have Holy Spirit power. We need to live in that power. We need to live in that power in in having boldness for witness. We need to live in that power for having boldness to uh, uh, comfort or to confront other believers. We need to live in Holy Spirit power. Holy Spirit power to serve Christ in the church and beyond the church, inside the walls of the church and outside the walls of the church, in our local communities and all across the globe. Friends, we have Holy Spirit power. Verse 49, he said this, I'm going to send you what the Father promised. And friends, we've been given that, the answer of that promise. We have been seen the fulfillment of that promise in that the Holy Spirit has been given to us. Now, finishing it out, it says, when he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, remember he had been staying in Bethany. This is close to the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. It says, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. So sometimes you'll see pastors. Sometimes I will do that. I'll lift my hands up and, you know, like this or, or one hand like this. And, and that's, that's a common thing to lift up that hand of blessing. And it says, Jesus lifted up his hands uh, and blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up to heaven. Then they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they stayed continually at the temple praising God. I mean, I just I want us to, to draw out a few things from these final verses of the book of Luke. Then we're going to turn it over to the book of Acts, remembering that Luke also wrote Acts. Uh, friend today, receive the blessing of God. Receive the blessing of God receive it. 
It says, while he's blessing them, he's taken up to heaven. And then they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Friend, have joy today. Have the joy of a risen Savior. Have a joy of the sent Holy Spirit. Have the joy of a completed canon of Scripture. Have the joy of the family of God. Have the joy of knowing that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Have the joy of knowing that the suffering of this world will one day be over and we will eternally be separated from suffering, sorrow, and pain. Have the joy of knowing that you will live with Christ forever. Joy. May you have joy today. Can I speak joy over you? Whatever it means to speak joy over, it's like Jesus speaking this blessing over them. Well, I'm speaking joy over you in the sense that that I'm, I'm encouraging us that we can have the joy of Christ. Jesus said, remember what what we read in John 14 and John 16, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. We can have joy. It says they stayed continually at the temple praising God. You know, would we be at this place in our lives where we would be so moved by the work of Christ that we would just want to linger? Kind of like they did over in um, Kentucky, Asbury, where they just lingered, where they just stayed there. I mean, that we would just be in a place where we don't want to leave. That the, the, the final song maybe would go on and on and on because not because we're dragging it out, but because we just don't want to leave. May we be so moved in our relationship with Jesus that we don't want to leave. Now, Laura has put up here the verse, Second uh, Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. Okay, and this is what God has given to us. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. And there are other renderings of this. Let me put this in the New Living Translation. Uh, and it, it looks similar. For God has not given us a spirit. I guess I haven't put it on the screen for you. It would help if I do that. God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. It, it renders the same way as the uh, as the NIV 84. This is what God has given to us. Not a spirit of timidity, but of power, love, and of self-discipline, that we would live in the power uh, of the Spirit. There may be other passages you could go to that would point people to the resurrection. Let me take us to the book of Acts, uh, where... Uh, Luke, the doctor, his medical doctor, writes this. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. This is Luke recording what he wrote about in the former book, which we now know is the uh, gospel according to Luke. Verse 2 says, Until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Now, notice, he was eating with them. Notice in verse 3, he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. He didn't just show up once. It wasn't like just one fleeting, oh, somebody had a... um, 
hypnotic trance or a hypnotic dream or something like that. No, not not any of that at all. He appeared to a number of them uh, over a number of times, uh, over a number of days, and spoke about the kingdom of God. And it says in verse 4, on one occasion while I was eating with him, ghosts donate, ghosts don't leave fish bones behind. He gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I mean, this promise, I mean, he is, he's reminding us. And, and so for those who don't like to talk about the Holy Spirit, Jesus did. So if you don't like to talk about the Holy Spirit, you don't, think about, you don't like to think about the works of the Holy Spirit, I mean, I, I have to ask you, so so what do you do with what Jesus said in in the Gospels, especially in John, where in those number of chapters in the Upper Room Discourse, he is so clear. What do you do with what we find at the end of the book of Acts? What do, what do you do with, uh, not the end of the book of Acts, the end of the book of Luke, what do you do with what we find here in Acts chapter 1? Being baptized with the Holy Spirit, something that we have been given. He is someone we've been given. Now, let's read a little bit further here in the book of Acts, close this out. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? I mean, they're still thinking. They still haven't quite got the fact that he is not here to overrun Roman authority. He said to them, it's not for you to know the times and dates. The Father is set by his own authority, but you will receive Holy Spirit power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea. Uh, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid them from their sight. Hid him from their sight. And they were looking up intently to the sky as he was going. When suddenly, two men dressed in white stood beside them. You have to wonder if these are the same two angels that were there at the tombstone. You have to wonder that. He said, "Men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking up into the sky? The same Jesus who was taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way." Uh, you have seen him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, the Sabbath days, Sabbath days walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs where they staying, and, and then it goes on and talks about those that were present. But sometimes we as Christians, and I know some who are all so wrapped up, and believe me, I mean, you've heard me teach prophecy. Um, you know, what does Scripture say? How does this set up in the world stage and what will happen in the future? From the Scripture, I'm not talking new prophecy. I'm talking from the Scripture. Uh, and, and there are some people who are so intently looking up in the sky, looking at, at, at the prophecies of Scripture, that they are not doing what Jesus said and going and being witnesses. Friends, we need to know the prophecy. Uh, Jesus challenged the, the Jews of his own day that they didn't know the signs that was coming because they didn't know the prophecies. We need to know the prophecies of Scripture, what's coming down the pike, and be able to, to think about these things are going to unfold, these things are going to happen. But we need not be looking intently up at the sky. We need to be looking at people who need to know Jesus. And so he sent them, and he said, you will receive power, verse 8, you receive power from the Holy Spirit, You'll be my witnesses. He doesn't just say go and witness. He said go. you will be my witnesses, our very lives themselves, dripping out, dropping out 
the life of Christ, that you and I would be so engaged in our relationship with Jesus that he would just drip off of us, that there would be the aroma of Christ in our lives. Now, one more passage real fast this morning. First uh, John 1, First uh, John 1, uh, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes. So we've heard, we've seen, we've looked at our hands of touch. So there's the, the sense of hearing, the sense of seeing, the, the, the sense of touching. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it. We testify to it. We proclaim to you eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. Jesus is eternal life. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you may also have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. It doesn't just say your joy, but communicating it to make our joy complete. Friends, we can have joy in Christ. I know that those who are listening live this morning, you believe in the resurrection. You believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You believe uh, in him as your Savior. You believe that he will return again. I know you believe these things. And I, I just want to encourage us all today to live in Holy Spirit power, to live in the peace, the love, and the joy that Jesus gives, and that our lives would be like a fragrant aroma of Christ to those around us as we live. Well, I've tried to arm you and fortify you with some, some Bible truth that would help you uh, be a witness for Christ. So, Lord, help us today to be witnesses. Uh, help us to, to point others to Christ. May our lives be reflective, radiant, and aromatic with the Lord Jesus. All for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, friends, have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. We look at the final passage on the resurrection.